because it was not at the cross of men but it was at the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord that we've been saved, redeemed and set free we have a reason to rejoice this morning Amen oh, May the Lord bless you this morning You may be seated if you can today I don't know about you but I'm thankful I'm thankful for His presence in this room I'm thankful for his presence in our life today. Amen. Amen. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord with you and to experience and feel the presence of God this morning. I do not take that for granted today, but I am humbled this morning that we have the privilege to be in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I say welcome to all of you today that is in this room with us this sanctuary today and those that are joining us by live stream we say welcome to you we're so thankful that you're with us today as well I'm just going to take us right into the word this morning those going to class feel free to slide out at this time and do that uh, but this morning if you have your Bibles with you Hebrews chapter number 12 Hebrews chapter number 12 we're going to just dive in while while the river is flowing this morning. Is that all right? And uh, we'll see how this thing ends up today. But uh, I want to speak into your life this morning what God has really put in my spirit over the last several hours concerning where we are today. And I may not be in the mold of preaching through the first three-fourths of this message, but you stay with me to the end, I'll give you two minutes of preaching. How's that? Uh, but uh, I'm going to try to bring to you something that's very near and dear to my heart, but I have really been challenged in the last uh, several days 
uh, concerning where we are. And the Lord just took me on a journey through Scripture. And I'm not probably going to say anything new to you this morning, but I do pray that what I share is going to prick your heart in such a manner that when we walk out of this building today, that we will forever be changed. I am going, with the help of the Lord, going to try to minister on this thought today for a few moments. From the cross to the harvest. From the cross to the harvest. Hebrews chapter number 12, beginning in verse number 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There is so much we could preach from in these two passages of Scripture, but let me read it one more time and just grab a couple of points on our way through. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, witnesses, let us, somebody say us, let us lay aside every weight, somebody say every weight, and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. But if you jump down to verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'd like to begin this morning by simply just saying this, I am so thankful for the finished work of Calvary. I'm thankful for the invitation that has been given to all of humanity to come and to leave all of our brokenness and to be able to have a brand new beginning. You missed a good place to shout right there. One of the most quoted Bible verses, you probably can quote it this morning, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can anybody testify to that this morning that you've been redeemed? I tell you this morning, I know the world thinks it's foolish. But as for us that believe, Paul said it better than anybody could, in my opinion, in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Can I say to you this morning that there must be a proclamation of the cross today. It is the only hope for a nation, for a community, for a family, or for an individual. If the cross is not present, we have no hope. That's why in recent days the old lyrics to some of the old hymns has just been so present in my life. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith 
I receive my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Or could we sing simply this, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Or what about the phrase in the old standard, I will cling to the old rugged cross and I'll exchange it someday for a crown. You just have to bear with me today because hear me today, there's a world around us that doesn't know that. One in four Americans today have never been in a church. Hear me this morning. 43% of the population Never, never, never attend any type of church service in America. While that number is disturbing, 34% of the population of America now considering themselves to be de-churched, meaning I don't need it in my life is because of the simple fact that they've come to the church in the last 40 years and they've saw everything but the cross. You say, what is the results of that today? Is number 10 on the overall list of the causes of death in America today that's just beat out really not by all that great a number of heart disease and strokes and sugar diabetes and all of these other things. Number 10 on the list is simply suicide in America. But what is so alarming is if you was to look at the age bracket from 10 to 34, it jumps to number two on the list. The only thing that those from the age of 10 and 34 that die from more so than suicide is accidental death, unintentional harm. Can I tell you this morning, there's a generation that needs to hear about Jesus. In 2019, there was a record high set where 67,839 individuals left this world from putting things into their body, trying to fill voids. They did not intentionally do it, but they were searching for peace and rest and joy and fulfillment just to find death. I know it may sound sobering this morning, but because of the absence of the cross in the sanctuary of America, we now have every year between 600,000 and 800 individuals human trafficked in this nation alone. The United States of America, the one that we say is founded on biblical principles and the one that we say is a Christian nation, ranks in the top three of the most evil, most vile when it comes to humanity. God, help us today. As a believer, we could not just stay sitting 
at the cross. I, along with all of you this morning, has been given a charge. That charge is not to dance before the Lord. That charge is not just to make each other feel good and give each other accolades. But the charge that has been given to us, the church of Jesus Christ, is to reach a world that hasn't changed, nor will it. But notice with me in Matthew chapter number 16, 24 and 25, Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. But it doesn't stop there passage that you are familiar with if you've been in this house any length of time at all Matthew 28 18 through 20 Jesus spake after the resurrection he said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you and lo I'm with you always even unto the end of the world amen You can read also in Mark chapter 16, I did not give them this verse this morning, but 15 through 20, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he, received, he was received up into heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs and wonders. Let me make this statement today in your hearing. It is not enough to sit at the cross. We must embrace it. It is not enough to sit at the cross but we must embrace it. Why is it that he desires for us to go into the world? It is very clear. He desires for us to go into the world because there is a harvest that is standing that must be brought into the storehouse. This morning while we're here, there is a generation that's dying. But the problem is they're dying prematurely and they are dying lost. Genesis chapter 8, if you was to read, you will find it is when Jesus has remembered Noah, the flood has abated, the waters has abated off the earth. He releases them from the ark. Noah builds an altar unto the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord begins to smell a sweet-smelling savor in 8, 21 and 22. And he says this, I will not curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from its youth. But he said, neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. But he says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. The earth is remaining still today. Okay? That tells me that the cycle of seed time and harvest is still in operation. The thing about it in the spiritual aspect which is different than the natural aspect because in the natural we know this. We plant in the spring, we harvest in the fall, right? 
but when it comes to the spiritual aspect of this, God always has men that is planting, and he always has others that's coming along and harvesting. So in the spirit, we're always in this seed time and harvest cycle, meaning this, there is always a generation that is ready to be harvested. There is always a generation that is ripe for the picking. There is always somebody in front of you if you take time to give them Jesus and to pluck them from the snares of the enemy. Therefore, it means this. We as body of of believers, we must understand what our responsibility is. Solomon said this in Proverbs 10 and 5. He said, he that gathereth in the summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Now, I knew you weren't going to shout me down this morning at this part, but stay with me to the end. But we have to ask the question. We are sons and daughters of God. We can be the most faithful to the house of God. We can be the most faithful with our tithes and offering. We can be the most faithful to volunteer for whatever thing we may have going on but how faithful are we about bringing in the harvest is it possible that everything that we're doing to try to make ourselves feel good could still not even be taking up the attention or the eyes of him because we are neglecting a harvest You see, today, Jesus had this to say in Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 38. Jesus was going about all the cities and villages, and he's teaching in their synagogues. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and he's healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But notice this, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Why was he moved with compassion? Don't just read over this, because they fainted. And they were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Notice, therefore, he then says to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We must equip a generation right now, not just to go to the house of the Lord, but we must equip a generation to work in the harvest field. Jesus sent out the 12, and he instructed them as follows in Matthew 10, verse 1, verse 7, and verse 8. It says in verse 1 that he called all 12 to him, and he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. But then notice what he says. Go, preach, say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, now freely give. Notice he said freely you've received. Now freely give. You and I today have freely received of Christ. Because someone was faithful enough to tell us who he was. I want to make this statement this morning. Our greatest problem today is not evil. It's not a kingdom of darkness. It's not a lack of resources. 
It's not a lack of gifts or talents. Our greatest problem today is a lack of concern. When Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Have we become so calloused in our everyday lives that we are no longer moved when we see our community spiraling out of control? We are no longer moved when we see a nation crumbling. But we just say, well, this is just the signs of the time. But when Jesus saw the multitude, he simply said this. He said, man, my heart is heavy and grieved because I see them as sheep without a shepherd. They're just going everywhere. And he was moved in such a manner that in his earthly life, you would find him before it was yet dawn. Spending time along with his father to be renewed and refreshed and to have the spirit of God in his life in such a manner that he could every day go out and try to reach someone. Notice he saw their pain, their struggle, their uncertainty, and their fear. If we're not careful today, all we do is see their brokenness and their failure. God help us. But he longed to bring alongside him those that was full of pain and struggle and uncertainty and fear to replace that with joy, peace, and love and fulfillment. But today it seems that we simply have a problem of trying to even see beyond the cross. Can I tell you today that just beyond the cross is a harvest? We see today we must have a change of direction and a change of focus because we must see as he sees and we must feel as he feels. And the question may be asked, why did he stay on the cross? Why is it that he didn't call 10,000 angels that was at his disposal and say, pull these nails from my hands and feet that torment me? Why didn't he really do that? I'll tell you why is because he looked beyond the cross and he saw the joy that was set before him and he saw a little better than 2,000 years in front of him and he saw you and I that was in need of a Savior and he says, if I can just stay here, then there is a generation and a generation and a generation that's coming after me that is going to receive deliverance that's going to see my father, that's going to see him in all of his power and his glory. And that's why we can simply sing as we did this morning, Lord, let them see you. Let yourself be glorified. Notice he looked beyond the cross and he saw a harvest. And I believe the reason today that we no longer see a desire for soul winning in America is very clear, is we've got comfortable sitting at the foot of Calvary. Don't require much of us. But we failed to go beyond. We are not the first ones to struggle with this. You can even look at the 12 disciples. We see that through the process that while Jesus is leaving the Garden of Gethsemane and he's betrayed by his own, 
We see them one by one by one leaving. And at the cross, we find that, that, that everybody's absent. But then after the resurrection, the first day of the week, Jesus shows himself to them. Notice they was in an upper room. The 11 was in an upper room. They was hiding. They was full of fear. They was afraid of what might happen to them. He stepped into the room where they was. He breathed on them the the gift of the Holy Spirit. uh, And he said, peace be unto you. What he was saying is this, look, the cross is not the final destiny, but look beyond the cross. And he said, now you can see that there is nail prints in my hand. There is a piercing of my side. Yes, but look, I'm here. And then he begins to mold them and teach them in a manner much differently. For 40 days, he shows himself unto them with infallible proofs. But then He's standing on the lake shore and he's beginning to tell them, now I'm getting ready to leave. But there is a harvest in front of you. Now, you are to go, as we read this morning, go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, deliver them that are diseased. Don't be afraid because there is nothing that's able to harm you. But before you do it, you need to go to Jerusalem, and you need to tarry there because not many days from now you will be endued with power from on high. Then they said, is that when the kingdoms? He said, listen, you don't need to be distracted and focused on that. You just need to know this, that there is a day that's coming very soon where you are going to be equipped to move from the cross to the harvest. The reason today that we have failed to be driven to bring in a harvest is because we no longer talk about going and visiting an upper room. Forty-five years ago, the church in America was not concerned about public opinion was not concerned about the acceptance of men, but it was concerned about reaching a harvest, and we have lost our way. Forty-five years ago, it was commonplace for a local church to have a bus ministry. It was commonplace for a church to have a nursing home ministry. It was commonplace for a church to have a jail ministry. It was commonplace for them to have a clothing ministry. It was commonplace for them to have a food ministry. Uh, It was always about touching people. It was always about trying to show them the love of Christ. Listen, uh, it was not, listen, 45 years ago when my father was pastoring uh, uh, on Park Road, uh, they was running eight and nine school buses. They was all of the, they had a team of individuals uh, that was blanketing the area. And notice it wasn't a one-man deal, but every Saturday morning uh, there was men and women that would be knocking on doors all across this community and simply saying, making sure we're going to be here tomorrow to get your baby. Listen, uh, what was the listen? What was the impact of that? Uh, they would go in. This is no exaggeration. Uh, but those workers would go in and get children 
children uh, while mommies and daddies was still passed out from the party the night before, carry them out, put them on their lap. Uh, their garments would be soiled by the children, uh, but they would still go to the house of God. Uh, they would still worship. Uh, they would still take them back home uh, and make sure. Uh, but notice, uh, the concern was the harvest. Uh, was, it, was it beneficial? Yes, it is. A lot of those bus kids uh, are now pastors and leaders across the nation uh, because somebody uh, saw them as valuable. But today, let's just get in and get out so we can get to another thing. Uh, listen, I've not been mean this morning, uh, but I've been real with you. Uh, we've been sitting at the cross saying, oh, I'm thankful I got mine. Uh, but there's a generation uh, that has been lost in the harvest field. And if you didn't know it, the winds of winter is blowing uh, and we gotta do it now. Uh, we've got to get back uh, to being the church of Jesus Christ. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. There's a lot of people sitting in the house of God week after week, but they've never been revealed anything. Because they refuse to go to an upper room because it costs you something to go there. For the Spirit searching all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I've got to ask you, do you really know what's been given to you? The testimony of the church today in America is, man, I hope I can make it. What an embarrassment to the sight of God. I can stand here and tell you, I know I can make it. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that quickens this mortal body. Therefore, there is no devil in hell that's able to stop me when I'm in his will. Don't you dare think that he's going to sit there and say, well, I'm just going to give them just enough to make it. No, you have that mindset because you've never been to an upper room. Listen, I'm not talking about just getting baptized where you speak in an unknown tongue. I'm talking about walking and living in the Spirit of God in such a manner that you have the gift of discernment, uh, that you have the workings of the Holy Spirit in such a way in your life that you know when to stand, uh, when you know to operate in the things of God in such a manner and take spiritual and biblical authority and say, Devil, not now, not never. Get your hands off my family. Notice the leaders of the early church was men who were stricken with the same insecurities we have today until they went to an upper room. Notice Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 4 and 5 and verse 8. Been assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus. But he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Notice it was their obedience that moved them from the cross to the harvest. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. Notice with me. Let me pause right here. The reason that God wants to take his people to an upper room is first get them into a state of unity because a house divided or a kingdom divided itself cannot stand. The reason the local churches across America are not standing is because they're so out of unity. They're out of unity with one another and they're out of unity with the will of God. You see, when we start thinking about everything inward and never about the harvest, God can't bless a mess. Until you and I get to a place where we're looking outward and saying, we got to reach them, we got to reach them. We got, it has to be something that consumes us. We got to move from the cross to the harvest. When we do that, everything begins to change. But before that can change, he says, I got to bring them to a place where they are unified. And it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. And it set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we could stop there. But I want to give you a testimony of what really happens with an individual when they visit the upper room. Peter was at the cross Peter, who had walked with Jesus, Peter, who had a revelation that simply said, when the Lord asked the question, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah, some say you're this. Some. He said, you are the son of the living God. He had revelation. And the Lord said to him, upon that, that's what I'm going to build my church, okay? But then we find at the cross, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him, but the third time was such, such denial that vulgarity comes out of his mouth. I don't know him. Then all of a sudden, the rooster begins to crow. There was an awakening in his spirit at that time. And he said, what have I done? And I believe for the first time, when that rooster began to crow, Peter had to turn his head and he had to look and he was reminded of who he really was. I believe he was taken back to the revelation that he had lost. He really is the son of the living God. And I believe that through this time of repentance that came in Peter's life, that now after the first day of the week, after Peter, after that, he said, I'm just going to go fishing. He was reverting backwards. But all of a sudden, he begins to have an encounter with God again in such a manner that he was looking at the cross, and he's like, okay, this is, this is definitely different. But then he goes to the upper room, and notice what denying Peter does. He's no longer focused on a cross. I'm going to read a large portion of chapter number 2 just for a moment. Beginning in verse number 5 through verse number 8 and then 12 through 22 and then 32 through 41. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. 
Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we are born? And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye men that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord to come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you, by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you and as you yourselves also know this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses therefore been by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost he has shed forth this which you now see and hear for David is not ascended unto the heavens but he saith himself the Lord said unto my Lord Sit thou on my right hand, verse 35, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, but the, both the Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked at their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untold generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Peter went from the cross to the harvest after a 10-day period of being in an upper room. You say, is it really that important? D.L. Moody, a man that was phenomenal in reaching his generation, was ministering, was seeing some things happen. But shortly after the Chicago fires, he's walking the streets of New York City, and he's just talking to Jesus. He said this, Lord, I want all that you have for me. Walking down the street of New York City, all of a sudden, 
D.L. Moody entered into a spiritual upper room. And he said this, paraphrasing. He said, I dare to mention what happened to me on that day because it was so sacred. And when he left that street that day, he began to minister in such a manner that hundreds of thousands began to be brought into the kingdom because his focus shifted where he said, I no longer can stay sitting at the cross, but I have to begin to move towards the harvest. And the only thing that prompted him to do that was upon encountering the Holy Spirit of God. We have a church world that is very religious, but we have a church world that doesn't know what relationship is. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. You and I sitting in this house this morning, isn't changing anything. It is good for us to be here. We are to be here to be edified and equipped to be the church out there. In here, as I scan the crowd, to my knowledge, just about everybody in this room could testify that I'm saved. My sins is under the blood. That means this, you don't need a physician. But your family, they can't testify that way. Your nieces and nephews, they can't say that. Your city can't say that. Your state can't say that. Your nation can't say that. Listen, there is a harvest field all around us this morning. But we've just pulled up a chair and we said, we're just going to sit here at Calvary. Because we've been redeemed. The Lord would say through Solomon, Proverbs 10 and 5, when somebody sleeps in harvest, they bring a shame. I wonder how many organizations is bringing shame to the Father today. We have lost our way so bad. I never turned my television on. I wish I hadn't turned it on last night. I turned my TV on last night and started scanning. And I ran across the prophet. 59 dollars, $99, and $169. Give me that, and I'll give you a little bottle of oil, and I'll give you a little green Elijah cloth, and I'll give you a little bottle of zinc, and I'll give you a little bottle of this and that, because I want you to receive the prophet's reward. Man, I wish I could have climbed through that TV. I'd have gave him a reward, all right. I'm going to tell you something. The problem is 
There's a generation that's never seen the authentic, real move of God. And therefore, they open up their wallets continually and they just keep feeding it and feeding it and feeding it and listen. And then we wonder why nobody wants to have anything to do with the local church is because the local church is absent except for on Sunday morning. God help me. God help you. We can't stay at the cross. We have to go there. Yes. But you got to look beyond it. And there's a harvest field today. There has to be anguish. Come back to the house of God. I have had to walk into too many situations and shake my head because we was more focused on the cross than the harvest. Men and women come in and out of our doors weekly and they put on the garment of religion but yet they're still bound by their past. There's never been true deliverance. There's never been true freedom. We're still reverting back to old nature. We say we're this, but yet our lives is a testimony against us. There has to be a change. And that change only happens when we become willing to go to an upper room and experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. This is not about denominational titles and this and that. This is about an authentic encounter with Jesus. If you're waiting on your next breakthrough to come through this preacher or some other minister or some other song, you're deceived this morning. But your deliverance, yes, is in the cross but then your responsibility is real. You are to be an ambassador for the kingdom. Not everybody going to stand on this stage and preach and scream and spit and holler. I get all of that. But every one of us has been given a circle and a place of influence where we can be the salt and the light to a world where we begin to get our focus off of us and get off to them. I've often thought this as they come to the music this morning. I've often thought this. If we knew that today, in about six or seven hours, six or seven hours, it was, it was going to be all over. Would you leave this house today and do what you have planned or would you absolutely change your life? If you knew that in six or seven hours the world was getting ready to encounter the rapture, the catching away of the church, if you knew it was just a few hours away, and every one of us in this room can say, I have family that's not serving God, I have families and friends and and you knew that you only had just a few hours left, it was all going to be over, would we be so passive about a harvest standing in the field?
Because today, can I tell you, there is an acceptance and an openness to the Word of God right now in this nation like we have not seen for some time. It is a season of harvest. I'm in out of homes all the time for this ministry as well as for other things that we do with the funeral home. And there is such an openness for prayer and for the administering of hope and peace. But we have believed a lie from the enemy that nobody wants to hear and nobody is concerned, but please hear me. There's a harvest out there today. But they don't want to just hear anything. And they don't want to just see anything. They want to see something that's authentic and real. And they can see a whole lot better than we give them credit for. This morning, we can come into this house, we can sing, we can shout, we can dance, and that's wonderful. I love those times. We can preach a message, and we can go back and do our daily lives, and we come back and do it all again in seven days. Or we could make a decision to become the church. It is amazing to me that in this house I continue to see new faces. I continue to see new people jumping online, people searching, people's hungry. But in our Bibles, it's never been given, oh, just, just wait for them to come, but no. Luke chapter 4 makes it very clear. He says, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. I can translate that for you in modern day language. Go find them in the middle of their mess and love them in such a manner that they want to come home with you. I got to ask the question this morning. I've had to ask myself this question in recent days. Am I loving my family that way? Am I loving the people in my community that way? That they desire to come to where I am? not careful I'm so busy just doing what I'm doing that my family my friends our community drives by this house like every other house and there's no draw 
there's no concern. It isn't their fault, my friend. They've been blinded by darkness. Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, listen, the only way you break that darkness is if you take the gospel and preach it because it is only through the preaching of the gospel. He said when the gospel's not preached, it's like having no gospel at all. How do I preach this gospel? I preach this gospel not by going to their house with a Bible and saying, get it right. No. I preach this gospel by putting on Christ's likeness and in the midst of their ugliness, in the midst of their mess, just love them, put my arms around them and tell them you're going to make it. Yes, that means even making religious people lose their mind and sitting down at a table with sinners. But you can't do that, preacher. You can't let your good be evil spoken of tell you something if Jesus was walking this earth today he wouldn't be sitting he wouldn't be sitting at my house he'd be coming to my house and saying get your shoes on boy we're going to go sit with the sinner let's just be honest and real He said, I didn't save you and didn't deliver you for you to live isolated, but I saved you and delivered you so that you could be the light into the world so they can see me in you. See, there's parts of the harvest field that you can walk in and reach that I can't reach. Are you going to? Am I going to? Or is it okay today for us just to sit down and let 125,000 plus people die and go to hell today. Are we okay with that? I'm not okay with that, my friend. But we got to move from the cross and the harvest. So this morning, under the sound of my voice, if there's one if there's one that says that I'm not really where I'm supposed to be with him you hear this preacher he loves you oh how he loves you and this preacher because he lives and dwells inside of me loves you I'm not concerned about your failure. I'm not concerned about your past. I'm not concerned about where you've been. I don't care concerned about where you are right now. What I'm here to tell you is there is somebody that's able to redeem you. He's able to deliver you. He's able to reach out to you right now where you are and take all of that stuff and replace it where you have joy and peace and rest like you've never known. In the midst of all of the hurt and all of the pain, there can be a joy come in. Daniel's with us today, recently gave his heart to the Lord. I was in his house Thursday night, 
because his mama took her last breath here and stepped into eternity. The last thing he told me before I left after we prayed together, he said, I got to be in church on Sunday. It's not easy for him to sit here today. Heart is breaking, hurting. Mother left prematurely, didn't have to leave. But sickness and disease gets this body, and it's like, oh my Lord, why at such a young age? Can I tell you today? Daniel knows his hope this morning is in Jesus. Just a few years ago, maybe didn't know that so much. But he's tasted and he's seen that the Lord is good. Hear me this morning. There's a world that needs Jesus. And you have him. So what are you going to do with him? Are you going to share him? Or are you just going to stay sitting? We can't sit any longer, my friend. I know it's a little different this week than last week. I, I, listen. Please hear. There's a generation that's worth saving. and I are going to have to come to a place where we start looking at the harvest standing in the field this morning standing in the field this morning is the next generation of preachers if God delays his coming next generation of worship leaders next generation of Sunday school teachers the list goes on and on we have to begin to reach beyond as we stand all over the house this morning such a fitting song this morning that Sister Melissa's playing Have you truly decided? I'm not asking about your salvation this morning. I'm at, have you truly decided to follow him? Are you willing to make that decision to pick up your cross like he picked up his cross and follow him? Wherever. There's a world that's going crazy around us. They need Jesus. I have friends this morning that has sons that's on the front lines in Armenia. The Abidjanis and the Turkish are killing them by the hundreds as they're trying to defend their little stretch of land. 
because of the evil of this world. I stand heavy hearted today. This world needs Jesus. The only way they're going to see him is if you and I pick up the cross and say, thank you for the finished work of Calvary, but now we're going to the harvest. So it's decision time for us. Are we willing? Are we willing? talking to anybody else just talking to us this morning are we willing to follow him as they just began to minister in song I'm just going to open up this altar if this message has pricked your heart I'm going to ask you as a believer to step from your seat and stand or kneel and say Lord if you can use anything use me I'll go But if you're under the sound of my voice and you'd say, I'm not a Christian today. I know of him. I've visited Calvary, but I've never really embraced it. There's no time like today. Today is the day of salvation. He can be your deliverance. He can be your healer. He can be your savior today. All you have to do is say, come into my life. I'm not asking you to become religious. No, I'm asking you just to simply accept Jesus. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to come. We'd love to pray with you today. But as the church, can we just move from the cross to the harvest this morning? God bless you as you everybody. Come. This is Pastor Jade Abrams. I want to thank you for watching today. Feel free to find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us and get to know us a little better. And we ask that you subscribe if you'd like to this YouTube channel. And don't forget to click the bell for alerts anytime we post something new. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day.